Welcome back to the Mortgages, Money and More podcast. I'm Craig Skelton, Principal of CS Mortgage Solutions and CS Retirement Solutions. And my guest today is Lisa Harrison and we're talking about bad credit mortgages. Welcome back, Lisa. Morning, Craig. Thank you for having me back. Thank you. No, thank you for coming back. I think last time, I don't forget which episode it was, but we talked about remortgages before. That was right, wasn't it? We did indeed, yeah. Real, and that was only a few weeks ago. And then today we're talking about bad credit mortgages. So we probably the most popular question that we get asked as mortgage brokers is, can I get a mortgage if I have bad credit? Yeah, that question does come up quite a lot. And I think a lot of people shy away from even trying to apply if they think they've got bad credit. So we're trying to do a bit of myth busting today, I think, and just um, steer people in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. The thing like you say, it's just people will, if they have got bad credit, some people just dismiss the fact that they're not able to get a mortgage. But yeah, I think it's definitely something that they need to speak to a mortgage broker about. So let's just get into a bit more. First of all, just explain the like a list of the types of bad credit that are out there. So things that people know, CCJs is one. What else is there out there, Lisa, that people generally have as bad credit? I think the biggies that people are fairly aware of out there, that if they've got CCJs, if they've been bankrupt, those kind of things, people associate, oh, if I've done those, then I maybe can't get a mortgage. Well, that's not necessarily the case. But I think it's the other things that people aren't maybe as familiar with. I mean, obviously, IDAs is very similar to a bankruptcy in terms of when a lender looks at an application, but things like mispayments that then potentially go into defaults around month four, and specifically the things that people maybe don't think are going to affect the credit, but potentially could be just as detrimental as as the other things that we've mentioned. Entering into debt management plans, um, arrangements to pay with providers, and payday loans. Whilst none of those would necessarily stop you getting a mortgage, they obviously can have an impact on your credit file. But people associate the fact that they've, because they've made that phone call and they've made arrangements and they've set a payment plan and everything, that everything's okay and they're paying everything up to date. But obviously those things do stay on your credit file and they will remain there as a record for six years, just like anything else. Obviously, depending on the severity, will depend on how much impact your ability to get a mortgage. But payday loans is a really big thing at the minute because they're so readily available. But actually, if you've got them on your credit file, a lot of lenders won't even look to lend to you if you've had a payday loan within the last 12 months. So for anybody that's thinking about getting a mortgage, that's certainly something to bear. Is there an alternative way of, of financing that rather than getting a payday loan, such as getting an overdraft or using your credit card or something along those lines? So yeah, there's things like that. Obviously, we have to bear in mind when we're looking at bad credit mortgages per se but yeah i think a lot of people are, are really unaware at how they can impact your credit file no no i think you're absolutely right i think the, the tent the big things like you say that people are aware of are your ccjs your ivas your bankruptcies those are like the big ones that people just associate with bad credit mortgages also like i said the debt management plans and arrangements to play pay also as well can't get my words out today for some reason but that yeah it's those little ones of the the mispayments that people seem to it's not that they don't do it on purpose it's just not having that due care and attention sometimes with the mispayments of thinking oh it doesn't affect you in the ability to get a mortgage and things like that with more mispayments but it definitely has a, a negative impact on you and your credit file and things like that and i think the big one is payday loans. I think, are they, do we still get quite a lot of clients that have had recent payday loans? I think there's probably quite a lot of people that have taken them recently with the way things are. People have struggled, obviously. If that's the only way out, then that's what people have to do. But I think it's something to bear in mind that I think people think, well, it's just me. I'll just sort it out myself. I know I'm going to pay a lot of interest, but it's payday loan. I can pay it back really quick and it's fine. Just stay on your credit file that you've had one for six years. And whilst it won't affect your your ability to apply for anything for six years, most lenders won't look at 
won't look at an application if you've taken a payday loan within 12 months. There are one or two that will. And obviously, that's the right one of the prime reasons to come into a broker whenever you've got anything on your credit file for any reason whatsoever is obviously we can shop around. But obviously, we know the lenders that will and will not take this kind of thing into account. There are some high street lenders that will, but you could walk into your own bank and they could say no. Whereas you could come to us and we could say, well, actually, there's still another six high street lenders that will. It's just that you've got to be, it's luck of the draw whether you happen to go to that, one of the lenders that will on your own. But like I say, that's that's the main reason for using any kind of broker. There's lots of criteria that we've got access to and that we know that certain lenders will do certain things and certain ones won't. So, yeah, it's not saying that if you've taken a payday loan or you've had an arrangement to pay or anything like that, you can't get a mortgage. It just becomes a little bit trickier and it's a little bit more of a minefield of knowing where to go. The message I'm getting from you is that if you've taken one in the last 12 months and that's the that makes it a little bit more sticky, shall we say, in terms of with it being on your file and with the the lenders looking at that sort of thing. But like you say, it stays on there six years anyway, but it's more important if you have you taken one within the last 12 months. Absolutely, yeah. Most lenders will ignore it after a 12-month period because what they're basically looking at is how is this person managing their finances? Are they managing with the money that they earn on a day-to-day basis? And if somebody has to go take a payday loan, then that could scream that they're not. It could also be a genuine. It could be a genuine reason that the boiler suddenly conked out and you didn't have any savings because you fixed the car the week before and it's just come at a really bad time. And there are genuine reasons for taking payday loans, but some people take them on a regular basis because they are literally chasing to keep up. So obviously these scream, scream alarm bells to lenders. So the minute that one flags upon your credit file, they will look into the, look into it in a lot more detail. And like I say, if it's been within the last twelve months, chances are most of them will say no. We do have lenders that will do it. But like I say, it's just a matter of knowing where to look. And what you don't want to be doing is trying to do it yourself and hoping that you manage to land on one that doesn't, that does take, that's not bothered about it. But then you're racking up credit credit checks on your account, which is not a good thing either. I've got a prime example. I had a, a young couple come to me a few weeks ago. They'd been to another broker and they were trying to buy a property. And the other broker had basically said to them, you can't get a mortgage. And basically what that broker had done is, Every day they've gone, oh, we're going to try so-and-so. They'd run an approval in principle. That had come back declined. So the following day, oh, we'll try so-and-so. And this had gone on for six days. So six different lenders had been tried. Personal recommendation from somebody that we mutually knew. And she says, I'm at my wit's end. We've, we've put a reservation fee down on this new build. I, I honestly, there's nothing on my credit file. We're both clean. We don't know what the problem is. And the first thing that I said to her is, let's get a copy of your credit file and see what's going on. One, so that I could see where this other broker had been doing credit checks. And two, so that I could see if there was anything flagging up on the, on the credit file. And within half an hour, I'd managed to sit her down and say, right, look, this is the problem. And what had happened is she'd lost a job the year before. And quite rightly, she'd rang around her creditors and said, look, I've lost my job. What are my options? And they basically told her that she could... It was fine. She could pay in her own time. They'd make a note on the account, etc. So basically what they'd done is they'd done arrangements to pay on her account. What they'd not explained at the time is that goes on a credit file and that actually they still show as missed payments. There's an arrangement to pay on there. Now, had she been informed of this at the time, what she would have done is she would have borrowed money from her parents until she started a new job. That didn't happen. So she genuinely came to me with no idea that she had a bad credit file and they'd already committed to buying a new build and put the reservation fee down. Now, luckily, obviously, I've got access to 74 lenders at the moment. So we always have over 50 lenders on panel, but we've got 74 lenders on panel at the moment as of today. So obviously, I had a good look around and we've managed to find something else suitable, albeit they're going to pay a little bit more on the rate, obviously, because of 
the condition of a credit file. But this girl, poor girl, was absolutely at wit's end because she'd had a week of going backwards and forwards, absolutely fraught, not knowing what was going on. And within half an hour, I had an answer for her as to why it was going wrong. And obviously, we found a solution. So if you can imagine how much stress that built up for her over a week, whereas if she'd have just been told on day one, look, this is the situation, this is what we're going to have to do, that would have been a lot less stressful for her. And a lot quicker as well in terms of understanding the process and what needs to be done next and what the solution is, rather than look at going moving from one problem to the next problem to the next problem. You've clearly given that person a solution and a way out and the client knows what the options are. And I think you're right what you say, that sometimes you do have to pay a little bit more in terms of the interest rate, but at the end of the day, you're still getting a mortgage. So I think that's the, sometimes, it's hard for sometimes for people to swallow that pill that they for the next couple of years, they are paying a little bit more than the, what normally you can get on the high street. But generally, my normal thoughts, or my, the normal sort of feedback I get from my clients is that they're just happy they've got a mortgage. So they understand they might pay a little bit more per month, but at the end of the day, they've got the new home, they've got the house they want, they've moved in there now, and they, they just budget accordingly to two years time five years time and the thing is we can look at terms so it might be that you take the take it over a longer term initially because the interest rate is higher and therefore we take it over a longer term initially just to keep the payments down and what's the alternative let's face it if you don't take the leave then for most people that we, that we meet that are in this situation they're in rented accommodation so they're paying dead money in rent anyway the alternative might be to wait a year or two until the credit files cleaned up a little bit but during that year or two, you're paying dead rent, whereas at least a year or two in your own home, yes, you might be paying a little bit of a higher interest rate, but your property is usually accruing in value to considerably more than what you would have paid in extra interest anyway. So you're still on a winner. For, for most people, they are still winning by quite a lot at the end of that one or two years that they would have normally waited and paid dead rent. So yeah, it's still definitely worth looking at. And at the end of the day, the, the advice and consultation is free. So if we look at it and we explore the options and say, look, this is what you can do. You can either do this now or you have to wait and do this in the next year or two to get your credit file cleaned up. And then we'll look at it again. At least they know what their options are. No, to fairly, so that's a good explanation. And that people, just to explain that sort of journey from that customer's point of view is good to share with everybody because that's a real life example of something that happens day in, day out. So let's just go back a little bit in terms of the actual mortgage situation. So regard at the moment, as we know, 95% mortgages are non-existent. Is that fair to say? That is fair to say unless you've got a very rich um, relative that's prepared to put money in a bonded account for you okay so when we look at people that are looking at bad credit mortgages what's generally the deposit or what sort of deposit do they need to put down it's usually a minimum of 15 percent on a bad credit mortgage obviously depending on the severity will depend on what deal we can secure but generally it's minimum of 15 percent some can be as much as 30%, but that, you know, they did do tend to be, have to be quite severe and, and few and far between, if I'm honest. But generally speaking, at minimum 15%. Because obviously we see more and more gifted deposits and the bank of mum and dad is increasing massively from a lending point of view. What can you, if you've got bad credit mortgages, can you still have gifted deposits even though you're on a bad credit mortgage? Absolutely. Deposit can still come from anywhere. Like I said, the one that I've, the example that I just gave earlier, that was um, a new build. So part of the deposit was coming from help to buy equity loan. 
part of the deposit was a builder's deposit, so a builder's contribution, and part of it was was the client's own money. Now, if we look at it in terms of what was the actual client's own money, they've put down around 5% of their own, and then the rest has been made up, less than 5% of their own, in fact. But yeah, they, the rest has been made up through help to buy equity loan and the builder's deposit, which has obviously brought them up to a 25% deposit in this instance, which is pretty much the norm required for a new build. But like I say, you know, if it's an old property, then quite often we don't need 25% deposit for, um, for bad credit mortgages. My credit history is a little bit checkered, shall we say. I've got my 15% deposit, my 20% deposit. I sit down with you. What's the sort of first part of the process, really, that I'd, I'd be going through when I sit down with you? It's just having a really honest and frank discussion, if I'm honest, and getting a copy of a full copy of the credit file. We use a multi-credit reference agency rather than just going to Experian or Equifax, which are the ones that most people have heard of. I know a lot of people are using ClearScore at the moment, but that's not very detailed. We use a multi-credit reference agency. We can get a free copy of the credit file, which will give us an absolute full picture of everything that the lender is likely to see. And then obviously, we're used to looking at those day in, day out. So they do look quite complicated. They do look quite daunting, but we're used to reading them and we know what lenders will take into account and what they won't. So the first thing, first things first is having a really honest discussion about what you think is going on, getting a copy of the credit file. There's no point trying to hide it from us because that will just make the process more long, drawn out, more stressful for the client anyway because it's the waiting game. Is the AIP going to pass? Are we going to get away with it? There's no point in hiding it. It will come out. The lenders are very thorough when it comes to doing credit checks. Although it may be a soft search with a lot of them at application stage, I might not go into a lot of detail. They might just do a quick soft search with one particular provider like Experian or Equifax. When it comes to the full application, they will do a broader search. Most of the lenders these days are doing multi-credit reference searches on application. So there's no point trying to hide it. You might as well just be perfectly honest with us. Get a full copy of your credit file. Let's go through it together. Let's, you know, obviously we can explain what will impact the credit score and what won't. And then take it from there and work with the information that we've got. And the criteria that we're that we've got access to, so that we can narrow it down to which lenders will help and which ones won't. Totally agree with you. I think the the big thing is those two things: is get your credit file and be honest. Sit down with the mortgage broker and be honest with them. Like you say, I think sometimes people always sort of think they they sort of tell you the answers that you want to. They think you want to hear rather than actually the the truth. And I think the thing is, what people will realise is that once we know your credit file and how that looks and you've been honest with us and we know exactly the full picture it just makes the process a lot easier generally a little bit quicker because we're not cutting through anything and going to wrong down wrong avenues or wrong streets that actually you don't fit because of your answers i think it's just like you're absolutely right lisa i think the main thing is is about sort of being honest so i totally agree with you on that when you look before about like the number of lenders and things like that when you look at the high street lenders that we all know do the high street any of the high street lenders offer bad credit mortgages or is it just specialist lenders that offer that? No, we can get cases through where there is adverse information on a credit file with mainstream lenders. It's just that it's the same with anything with mortgages. Some lenders have an appetite for some things and some don't. You might find that one lender might be fine with the fact that you've been bankrupt and that you've been discharged for three years, for example, whereas another lender might be 
still a high street lender, still somebody that you would walk into off your normal high street, but they might turn around and say, actually, no, we're not even going to look at it until your bankruptcy has been discharged for six years. There are some people that will look at it earlier than that. So just because it's something big and nasty, like a bankruptcy, it doesn't mean to say it's going to stop you getting a mortgage. It doesn't mean to say it's going to stop you getting a mortgage with a high street lender. It's about the, the bigger picture. And it depends what else is on your credit file. So it might not be the bankruptcy, for example, that stops you getting a mortgage. I've got another example of one that I've been dealing with. And actually, although she's had historic defaults, the fact that she's missed two payments on a PayPal account this year that's stopping her getting a mortgage, not the actual defaults and worst things that have happened in the last three years. It's not that stopping her getting a mortgage. It's the fact that she's missed two payments on a PayPal account in June and July this year. Sometimes it's the little things that actually stop you getting the mortgage, not the big things. It's just knowing where to go. You're absolutely right. I think it's say knowing where to go. But so the main, the high street lenders, there is still a possibility. The other thing which I hear about, and mortgage brokers love jargon. They love to sort of confuse clients with the big words. But they talk about, I hear people talk about a packager. So done the high street, we've done the mainstream lending, but then my mortgage broker says that I need to go to a packager. What is a packager? What is that? So basically, a packager is a middleman that, although we're a broker, sometimes we have to use a middleman to get to a certain lender. Now, usually the reason for this is because it is quite, it's usually on the more severe adverse cases, if I'm honest. And the reason why lenders like to use a packager is because that packager should know, they use they use fewer lenders, to make it simpler, is, so they should know that lender's criteria inside and out and exactly what that document, what that lender requires in terms of documentation. So the idea is that a packager should make things smoother for a lender to be able to accept that adverse case. That's the idea. Now, obviously, having to involve this other middleman usually means that, therefore, it costs a little bit more. Now, some of the lenders that the packager has access to, we can actually deal with directly here at CS Mortgage Solutions because we've got such a wide panel. We're quite lucky in that respect. So wherever possible, we would avoid using a packager. But sometimes it is necessary to get the deal that we need with a specific lender. Good. So basically, a packager is another mortgage broken effect where you go to that. Once you've done your fact find, once you've got the client's credit file, once you understand that client situation doesn't fit with mainstream, you then go to the packager and say, these are the client's details. This is the situation. And then they go to their... It's like a mortgage broker's broker. <laughs> right. That's simple. Yeah, yeah. I get that now. Well, okay. Um, going back to what you said a little bit before about getting your credit file. So Obviously, you use one where you can get both Experian, Equifax, and usually Call Credit, but I think it's TransUnion now. So you can sort of see all the different. Yeah, Call Credit have changed to TransUnion. But yeah, it's a multi credit reference agency. It was ClearScore I mentioned earlier, but ClearScore, I think, is associated to Experian. But basically, the one that we use looks at the broader picture. So there's four credit reference agencies in the UK that are operating at the moment, and it'll sort of bring a broader picture from all of the credit reference agencies. Like I say, there's nothing that can slip through the cracks. Sometimes you can look at Equifax, an Equifax report, and then you can look at the same client's Experian report and there's two totally different reports there because it doesn't all get reported to the same credit reference agencies. I know well, that's the thing it's probably worth explaining or you're right to bring that up because that is something where one lender will use Experian, the other will use Equifax, some credit agents, some 
some issue will show up on on your Experian, but then not on your Equifax. And that's why it's important to what, what you talked about is not just getting your Equifax or your Experian or your call credit or your clear score, all the different things that we use one and that there are ones out there that you can get, you get one credit file and it gives you the, the aspect of all the different credit reference agencies out there so then you can get a true picture of exactly what your file looks like with the, the different agencies so i think that's sort of important to bring that up and, and the thing is i think the thing to point out craig as well is it's not just a matter of something adverse might not be on a report with one but it might be on with another lenders tend to be quite quick to share bad news so you tend to find that you know most adverse will be a, across the board the thing that that's important is that if something's been paid off or there has been an error and it's then been rectified with the provider, for example, it's not always been updated on the credit file and then shared across the board. So they might have been really quick to say, oh, that person's not paid the phone bill for six months and that might be on all credit references across the board. But when you've then gone and had that discussion with that certain mobile phone provider that's quick to put stuff on there, even though you've not missed payments, you just probably the, their system's not updated your contracts properly, which happens quite more often than you think. Actually, the, that phone provider's then sorted it out and gone, yes, I'm really sorry, Mr. Jones, we've made an error there. We'll get that rectified. Now, they might only use TransUnion, for example. So they might then go and tell TransUnion, actually, no, that was our error. That's not right. But TransUnion have already told Experian and Equifax and, you know, told the whole world that you've not paid your phone bill for six months. So TransUnion might not be that quick to then tell Experian and Equifax and the whole world that actually, no, it was an error and, and that's wrong. So it's really important to get your credit file really early doors and, like I say, go through it with your broker, see what's on there, see what's impacting your ability to, to get a mortgage. If it is an error, we've got time to rectify it before you find a house and fall in love with it and start putting offers in. And similarly, if there is adverse on there, then we, we know where we what we're working with. In terms of with credit scores, people I think people get quite hung up on their credit score of they're excellent, good, fair, poor, very poor kind of thing. I think people tend to get hung up on the fact that my score is that. Is is score an important factor or not? Not at all. For one, you can look at different credit reference agencies and your score will be different with each one. They all work it different. From the other point of view, you can have a, a good score and still have something adverse on your on your, on your credit file. And the other thing is, it's completely irrelevant to the lenders. They're not bothered what clear score says your score is. They all have their own internal scorecard um, and that will differ from one lender to another. So it really is not about the score. It's about the content of the credit file and whether or not that content fits with those lenders criteria or not well so you burst quite a few bubbles there with people working on the scores to get that up and then be absolutely right it's not just about the score it's about the file overall and the the holistic view from a either file and depend on the lender on how that looks absolutely i mean don't get me wrong clear score is a good little tool that if you have had a bad if you have had bad credit at least you're getting like a monthly update and you can see that you're heading in the right direction. If you get that little text message and it goes, oh, your score's gone up by 20 points this month, great. At least you're heading in the right direction. But just to not to place too much emphasis on the actual score it is the content. One of the questions we get asked quite a lot is about... Well, you've got joint applications and maybe the partner, one of the applicants has got bad credit. How does that, how can that work? And what are the solutions in that sort of work, that kind of situation? If your partner has bad credit, the myth is, and this goes back to donkey's years ago, like from when, I know when I first started in mortgages back in 
blah, 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 1990, whatever. Don't 19, share that with a real Lisa. You're not that old. You're not that old, Lisa. <laughs> I know when I first started out in mortgages in, in like 1997, we had a little machine that we used to go and do a credit score on, a credit check. Now, that credit check used to look at the house that you lived in, basically. And anybody that was associated to you, if they had bad credit, it had a personal impact on you. Rightly or wrongly, that was the way things were assessed at the time. And that because that was the only thing. And you've got to think there wasn't really much going on that was electronic records in them days. But in this day and age, your partner or whatever, somebody associated to you having bad credit does not directly affect your credit rating. What it will do, obviously, if you're applying as a joint application, it will still impact where we can go for the mortgage. Now, if it's quite minor adverse, I've had it where if that person with the missed payments or the default would have applied on their own, they probably wouldn't have passed an application, if I'm honest. But if they're applying with somebody else and they've got a really good credit rating, sometimes their score can help carry it over the line and it maybe will get through on a mainstream case. Similarly, if it is quite bad, then like I say, it's not going to affect your credit rating by the fact that your partner has got bad credit, but it will affect where we can place the case. How do I go about if my credit file, so I see a broker and literally I've gone down that sort of avenue and I've come to a dead end because the severity of my credit file. How do I repair that? There's various ways. I mean, obviously pay off what you can and then make sure that you keep everything up to date, squeaky clean from here on in. Obviously, the more you keep every month that you can keep everything up to date and that you're actually managing a credit line, will add points to your score and it'll start improving your credit file. Make sure you're on the voters' roll. Maybe get some repair products. There are some providers out there that will do repair credit credit cards. They might only have a very small limit of, say, £250-£500 on them. And the idea is that they will still give you that even if you had bad credit. And then what you do is use it every month, but make sure you pay it off in full every month. So the example I usually give to my clients is if they're dry, just use it for your petrol. So when you're at the, you know, just get your petrol on it. Don't go mad, go shopping. Just get your petrol on it. And then as soon as you get paid, pay it off. And then for one, that your petrol's paid for for the rest of the month, because that money's come out of your, your wage as soon as you've got paid. You build a bit of credit. And usually if you've got, even if it's only a limit of £250, most people don't spend more than £250 on petrol, for example, each month. It's easy to keep track of that that's all that's going on it. And like I say, just clear it as soon as you get paid. Thanks very much for that. So if we're talking about the extremes there, if I can't, gone down the avenue and I've come to that dead end if I can't get a mortgage now will I never be able to get one no certainly not um everything's about time and timings like I say some people some lenders will look at things you know after a certain period of time others will want longer the idea of using a broker is that we know what the criteria is we know that okay if you've had defaults right you're going to need to wait until they're at least x amount of months old with this lender x amount of months old with this lender etc i've got some clients that i've been working with over longer periods of time to build the credit profile it might be that actually they came to me with 10 percent, but because of the credit file we've worked with them to help them save money in other areas so that they can save more of a deposit or that we've said right okay well you can get this now and this is what the rate's going to be but actually if you wait another six months this will have dropped off your credit file. So therefore, we can go to this lender and actually your rate's going to be a lot cheaper and we can do this. So it's a matter of sitting down, going through the options, and every single one is different. You're not going to get two credit files that look exactly the same. But I've got a gentleman that I've been working with for two years, and he's out there offering on properties now because we've got him a mainstream approval in principle. So he's dead excited, but it's taken us two years to get to that point with him. 
but yeah, and that was like saving up a little bit of extra deposit, waiting for things to drop off his credit file. But yeah, he's out there looking now and he's offering. So we do get there eventually. There normally is a happy ending. Normally is a happy ending. So I've got my deposit. I've, I'm looking at how's what, what should I do now? How can I get a mortgage with bad credit? Go and see a broker. Um, and just be careful about which brokers you're using. If you're going to be honest with your broker, there is absolutely no reason why that broker should charge you any more than what they would for placing a clean case. As long as you're honest, more often than not, we can place an adverse case just as quickly as we can place a clean case. The reason why a lot of brokers charge a lot more money is because people aren't honest and then they're spending a lot more time trying to place the case or they're just greedy. It is the other option, you know, it's the other answer. Quite simply, they think, I'll charge you a lot more because you think you can't get a mortgage. I'm going to prove to you that you can, but I'm going to charge you quadruple what I would charge somebody else, which does happen in the marketplace. Um, And it's wrong. Go and book in with a reputable, knowledgeable broker that is confident in dealing with adverse cases, such as CS Mortgage Solutions. Myself, I'm happy to deal with them. Some brokers do shy away from it completely because they're just a little bit scared that they don't know where to place it and they don't know what to do with the case. They will shy away from them completely or, like I say, charge a ridiculous fee. Just book in with somebody knowledgeable, reputable, that's confident in dealing with adverse cases. They should only charge you the same as what they're charging anybody else. Um, If it does need to be more for whatever reason, then they will discuss that with you at outset. But I personally charge the same fee. As long as you're honest and as long as you let me get a full copy of your credit file and I know what I'm dealing with from the outset, then there is no reason why that will take me any longer to place than anything else. Lisa, thank you so much for your time. We have literally packed out a podcast there with plenty of discussions around bad credit mortgages and plenty of information for our listeners. Lisa, thanks ever so much for your time. Really appreciate your knowledge and experience based on this uh, hot topic right now. So thank you very much. You're very welcome. It's been lovely to speak to you again. Thank you. Um, so following from this podcast, my guest next week is Joanne Vary, and we're talking about the importance of your credit report, which follows on nicely from uh, our podcast this week. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>